morning tip. Good afternoon. It is April 5th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Levinos and hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? We got a ramen shop in Japan. They are going to ban customers from using smartphones while dining at their restaurant. Do you love it or do you hate it? They're going to ban customers from using smartphones. I, I don't hate it. Have you ever... I, there are times, and it's it's not even recently. It's 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 been happening for a while now where I will just walk into my parents' restaurant, the, the dining room, and I will just see a whole bunch of couples, two people at every single table, and it's almost eerily silent in the whole place because everyone is just on their phone. <laughs> Nobody's talking to one another. <laughs> Everybody's just on their phone. And it, it's, it's something weird that that's kind of where we're at right now. And I'm envious of somebody who doesn't always get to go to eat, get out to, out to eat and that they are just on their phones doing this to something that I wish I get to do a little bit more often. So in that sense, I kind of like it. I understand there are circumstances where you know this is your form of communication. If someone needs to contact you for whatever reason, this is something you need to have on you. But you know, at this point in time, I think there's advantage to maybe having a scheduled time or day or a, a procedure such as this where you go out to eat and you know you're not going to have your phone. You let someone know about that, and it, it's still a poss- possibility. I mean, I have to let people know every day that I just don't have cell service here. That's that's an ongoing thing. It's, it's something I have to deal with every day. I don't know, but do you think do you think you could make it through an entire dinner with that without your phone? Maybe, maybe this is a challenge now. Maybe this is too hard. I don't like it. I think it's advertised ahead of time. So if you know you're going to a spot that says, "Hey, you can't use your phone," like I would respect that if they you're the owner, you make the rules, but just in general, I, I hear what you're saying about going and you see just, Hey, all these people are just on their phone. And I, I think it's kind of a, you know, a, a boomer joke of like all these young people, they're always on their phone all the time. But I know I've been in situations where you're hanging out with someone. It's like, you've been hanging out all afternoon, doing whatever you're driving together. And then you get to the restaurant and you're eating and you're, you're still talking. And then it's, yeah, we are going to take a little bit of time. We're all going to we're going to look at our phones and find out what's kind of going on in the world. And a lot of times it's I'm looking at my phone to find out like what's happening to then be like, "Hey, did you see this is going on the same way that they're doing it?" So that whole that oh, like they don't know how to communicate. It's like, "No, no, we've been talking all afternoon and now we're taking this break. It just happens to be in public. It's not like a huge deal." Maybe, maybe not. It's not all the time. It's just this one restaurant. You you don't think you could do it just this few times i mean are you suddenly going to this place seven days a week no but once a month one maybe once a year i i I think i think you'll survive it i don't think it's that much to to overcome is it an attraction yes and no it depends on on what you're you're kind of looking for i i I could see it as an attraction i don't think it's just a a nuisance or an obstruction but what are we doing so i'll continuing down down the article now I'll add a little bit of context to this situation. I'll see if it changes uh, your, your your view on it or not. The owner, he is not posting any signs about the phone ban, but has started speaking to customers individually about keeping their phones put away during mealtime. Does that change anything for you? It's not a fun conversation to have. It's not an easy thing to police either. I don't know why you would want to enforce such a thing. The sign is way easier. The conversation, not so easy. I, I I don't I don't like that because then it's just confrontational, right? Like it's it, it, doesn't it say this at every waiting room and every doctor's office too? And aren't we? Isn't everyone just always on their phone, anyways? 
Like if somebody came up to you in the in the waiting room, you weren't even bothering anyone. Nobody's even distracted. You're the only one in the waiting room. They're like, hey, we don't allow cell phones here. Can you put it away? And they point to the sign. You're like, all right, well, I guess there's a sign. I'll do that. I think it's different if somebody just comes up and says, nah, we don't do that like this. And there isn't a sign. Right? <laughs> it, you, I think you put it well that it's an unneeded confrontation. I walk into a restaurant. Or you even mentioned a, a doctor's office. I walk in anywhere. It's just assumed I can use my phone. So I walk into this guy's ramen uh, restaurant. How am I supposed to know that I'm not supposed to use my phone? And then he is going to personally come up to me and chastise me for using my phone? I, I think that would just I, – I think would, I would be, I'd be so shocked. But once I recovered of just, well, okay, I'm, I'm not going to eat here. Like, I'm I'm a grown adult, and you're gonna tell me what I can and can't do, and you just assumed I would know with no signs, with no, uh, it, it, it's not it, the the normal thing is to use your phone. It's not the normal thing to not use your phone. Maybe it's a it's like the the Seinfeld soup Nazi episode where there's just you got to know going ahead. You, you you don't just find this walking down the street. You have to know about this prior. Ooh, okay. And it's just a, it's, it's a rumor. It's like, a, it's like a social rumor. It's like a speakeasy at this point, essentially. And it's, if you're almost, you're, you're not being in the actual speakeasy if, if they don't come up and tell you this. I, I'm not sure. It's, just, it's interesting. I don't it, think it's the, the worst idea anymore. I, I actually think that there's an appeal sometimes to not having it, and you have to talk to the other person. It, it is a pressure. It's not an easy thing. But ideally, at least for me, I'm only going out to eat with people where it is easy to do that. And if you're not doing that, well... You know, maybe you made some other bad decisions, and the phone has just kind of been bailing you out this whole time. Is that unfair? All right, maybe we should talk about sports. I, I don't think anyone's interested in my social opinions. Let's get back to the you, – you were socially actually at the game. What, what happened, right? There was a Final Four game. There was a, a couple championships handed out, and, and some, some women's stuff happened in between. There was some drama. Uh, how, how was your weekend? You were in Houston. I have to apologize to you. And to all all the fans, I tried. I did all I could. I was at both semifinal games. I was at the final game to try to prevent UConn from winning. I was on the flight out with a bunch of UConn fans. I at every point, I, I did all that I could, and UConn was just an absolute wagon this whole tournament. And I thought being in person, I could do something about it, but I I just I I couldn't. I had a, I had a great weekend, and it was just—it's always going to have that little bit of an asterisk of great weekend, but but UConn won, and I, I think the the scariest part of the the whole weekend was that second semifinal game when I was trying to leave, and we happened to try to leave right by where the UConn section was, and obviously they were all sorts of hyped up, and they were doing their their chants or they're spelling their school's name which I, I guess is very complicated or something because they kept doing it over and over again but oof, they they were out in force and oh there there were so many of them i i had not properly prepared myself emotionally for it and just uh just 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 had to just had to take it and there's you know i i was wearing my my duke 2015 national championship shirt and just there, there there's no there's no argument there's there's no they, they just won the championship you know on the, on the way on the flights home Tons of UConn fans. You see them in the in the airport. There's just there's no argument. There's no trash talk. You you just you gotta grin and bear it for a while. 
I think the worst part about it is not only that they won, it's in the fashion that they won and in that it wasn't necessarily dominant, but I think it's unarguable that they were clearly the best team of the tournament. They struggled against no one, and the teams that they went up against, I think, were pretty good. <laughs> we talked about kind of the, the road they took to the journey. I, I thought Miami Miami had a hell of a run, a great team, but they, they just ran into an offense that they just couldn't keep up with, and, and I think that might have been the case with just about everyone at this point. As well as, you know, you just have some competitive, competitive guys on defense. I will say uh, the whole Final Four was quality basketball. I, I give the NBA so much credit for being, you know, a, a higher tier and a better quality play, and, and I enjoyed that. But all, all these games, all three of the games, the two Final Fours and the championship game, it was, it was well played. I thought it was well coached. I, there isn't one thing I could really point at and say, you know, this is what went wrong and this is, you know, this was incorrect or, or I would have done this differently. I, I just thought it was all executed very, very well. It just the better team won, and that's kills me. It kills me to say that too, especially coming in. Everyone was kind of like, "Oh, sneaky UConn, they'll be here." And then round one, I think a couple people, maybe even uh, where were they playing? Charleston, somebody, somebody sneaky. Iona, too. Iona, Iona. It's the the only time that they were losing at the half. Yeah. Well, shout out to Patino. They're gonna be seeing more of him soon too, right? That's that's not going away. Uh, but you know, I, I thought UConn was the best team, and that's that's the the bitter truth of it all is that they were the best team that they won, and that it it really it seems so simple looking at it all now, right? Like you look at your bracket, it's like, well, yeah, they, those look like the better teams that all advanced. I just quickly want to shout out Florida Atlantic. I actually thought they outplayed San Diego State in that game. Comes down to a buzzer beater. Not a whole lot you can do. It was it was a great play. It was a nice play by the other team. And, and just a really great game overall. I'm not saying they would have beat UConn in the championship, but I did think they were the better team against San Diego State in that game. I just thought the buzzer beater was just so electric, and I can't imagine what that was like to see in person, that the crowd must have just blown up instantly, and then the rest of the night is kind of like you're just running on this high. I, I, I can't imagine what that was. How was that in the, in, in the stadium? You're in, you're in a football stadium, right? There's millions of people essentially at this point. 75,000 people. In, in, in the stadium, uh, you got, with it being the semifinal, it's a mix of the four different fan bases. So we were able to uh, kind of maybe not be sitting in exactly where our seats were supposed to be, and we were sitting with a bunch of uh, Miami fans for a good chunk of that game, and that was a, you know, that, that was a tight game back and forth. As you would imagine, a lot more uh, San Diego State fans than FAU fans. San Diego State definitely uh, came came in force. Uh, it was really easy to see that 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 red and black. Uh, we were sitting in a uh, in a section, and you know it wasn't our section because uh, within viewing uh, distance was uh, the politician Ted Cruz. Saw him g- getting up a whole bunch of times to take pictures with people. Then we also saw a, a, a older woman that just everybody seemed to know. And we're trying to, who, who is this? Who is this? And then finally uh, asked, it was Jim Laranega, the Miami coach's wife. So obviously about midway through uh, that game, uh, when all of the Miami fans showed up, we got kicked out of that section. So we were kind of scrambling. And so we were able to, to see the buzzer beater, but wasn't quite the, the, the best seating. But... <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little, uh, you know, in, in recovery right now. So I'm holding on to, uh, to like the railing with two hands and I'm seeing what's happening. And just when it happened, like I can't jump up, I can't do too much, just like just enough, but still it was absolutely wild. And I will remind you and I'll remind all the listeners 
the last time I was at the Final Four was Villanova beating UNC at the buzzer. So I literally saw back-to-back buzzer beaters at NRG Stadium. Something in the water. It's it's a great time. I, I, it was fun. I was glad we got a good game, and that was a really cool way to end it. I, I wouldn't have been disappointed with overtime. I would have embraced that a little bit more. That, that Dude, no, it wouldn't have been overtime. They were down one. I know. If it, if it was four they, they were down. They were down one, and the thing was is they they were on defense. They got a stop with about seven seconds left, and then they did not call timeout. They just went, and then uh, Lamont Butler pretty much has the ball the entire time in the arena. Of course, you can't see it, but later on I saw on, on social media, he is like, a centimeter away from stepping out of bounds as well as the clock is just ticking down and it's a little easier to see on TV. Cause when you're on TV, you got the score bug, you know exactly where, uh, where the time is, but like in the, in the arena, you're going a little more on feel and it was on the, the far side from where we were. And you're just, it's like, it's, it's getting to, he's not gonna get the shot. He's not gonna get the shot off. And then when he hits it, I mean the crowd, I mean the place just goes absolutely nuts. I mean, it's a buzzer beater in the, in the final four. It, it just, there's not even many buzzer beaters in, in the entire tournament. So for it to be here, oh, man, it, w- it was wild. And I very much agree of just after that, Miami you know, tried to stick around with, with, with UConn, but they really didn't. I mean, the game was over pretty quick. and But you're just still kind of living off that high. Of, like, I saw a buzzer beater. Like, everything else is gravy after this. All right. Well, last thing for the men's, UConn was the best team. Am I, I going to get you to say that? You're going to say UConn was the no, best team? No, absolutely, absolutely not. They didn't even have to play a single one seed. Uh, I, the, my favorite thing that I've seen today, uh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but said that uh, UConn has the uh, the Ricky Bobby Award. Your first or your last. Uh, I heard earlier that they haven't won a tournament game since 2014 when they won. So they, they're trying to make all this argument of, you know, we're, we're a blue blood, we belong. It's wild that they are 5-0. Uh, and oh. They have five championships now. That is, I think, tied for uh, for third out of all of college basketball. So it's like once they make it to the Final Four, they're automatic. But if they're not making it to to the Final Four, like they're not even making the tournament. So uh, I will not say that they they were the best team, but their run it was just incredible. Just every win by double digits. I, I'm so jealous having a stress free uh, ride all the way uh, last year. When uh, Duke made it to, to the Final Four, the, the the two games that we played uh, in between, you know, in the Sweet 16 and in the Elite Eight, I, it's just the entire time you're just, you know, you realize afterwards like how tense you've been. And for them, it, maybe it was close to the half, and in the second half they have just run away with it, and uh, it's just the worst. Well, it happened. It's not the only championship that was handed out this weekend. The women's Final Four. With Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, there's a whole lot of drama, championship game going on over there. I, I just want to talk about it real briefly of just uh, all the attention the trash talking was getting of, of very personally and directed at certain players and going back and forth with all of that. I, I'm not sure if it just looked unusual because maybe, maybe we maybe we haven't seen women do this in the WNBA or in the NCAA women's tournament quite as often. I assure you, it's probably been happening. Perhaps just more of a spotlight is on this now. And that was kind of an adjustment for me as, as well. I mean, the game is a little different. The officiating is different. The style of play is different. But I, I think the big difference that I saw that they didn't really truly adjust that they're going to have to make an adjustment for, and the, the NBA has done this very well, 
is is there certain ways that you, you advertise the stars? I know it, it, some people don't like that stars get calls, but if Caitlin Clark gets some calls and some other people get some calls and they officiate these games a little differently, I think more people might be a little bit more interested, honestly, because that's that's the attraction. We're there to watch these players. Just just a little side note that I noticed on that. I, I will say that this game's incredibly physical. It's funny that you're either faking defense, trying not to foul someone, or you're basically trying to kill them with your elbow because that's that's basically how I saw defense being played for this entire Final Four. Uh, anything you want to get into? Like, did you have a problem with it? Like, I, I don't truly think that anyone did anything wrong. I just think that this is a spotlight that they don't generally have on this and that it's been blown up because there's suddenly a spotlight on it, and this has probably been happening the whole time. Like, do you think these are the first people to do this? I've been seeing a lot of that sort of comment of, well, you're only focused on this, but, you know, there's other women this year that have been great, or there's been women in the past, and just... It's like let's just let's just stick in the present. And we mentioned uh, Caitlin Clark on the podcast uh, probably about like a month ago, maybe five or six weeks ago, when she hit the uh, the, the buzzer beater, and there was kind of uh, that that whole weekend of of buzzer beaters more more on the men's side because obviously I'm I'm watching more of the men's. But as it gets you know down to it, they do a nice job where they offset it with the with the men's final four. And so I watched. Uh, probably the second half, I think, of both of the semifinals. And in the semifinals, Caitlin Clark uh, in in the Elite Eight had a 40-point triple-double and then again goes for 40 points. And you're just watching it, and she just looks faster than all of the other – than all of the the, the women that she's playing against. It's like when she wants to go to the hoop, she just gets to the hoop, and it was just a bunch of fun to watch. And just every time she scores – they're putting the little thing next to the score bug of just now she has this many points. Now she has this. Now she has this. Just very impressive. And then it was just disappointing that the championship game just really wasn't that close. You know, she she still got, you know, a bunch of points. Still herself, like, had a, had a pretty good game. Had a little bit of a heat check. But uh, that, that woman on uh, uh, LSU, I, I, I can't remember her name, but hits, uh, like, I think it started off, like, four for four from three ends up hitting the, the, the bank at the buzzer, which is like, oof, this is the game to just absolutely go off. But it, it it was fun to watch, and it was the semifinal was fun enough that we were at the, you know, at the men's Final Four, and Sunday there's obviously uh, other Final Four stuff going on, but we made it a point that we wanted to be at a bar where they were playing uh, the, the women's championship and, like, went out at a certain time to go watch it. So I don't think that is necessarily always the case. All right, so it got a lot of attention. I'm not saying it's something we never pay attention to, but the, the Caitlin Clark thing is it, it gets your attention. She's, she's a really good player. The The way this is all set up is she's not allowed, I believe, to go to the WNBA. She's got to do one more year of college. So we got one more Caitlin Clark March Madness run next year. Do you think this will be more of a big deal in the following year? Like, are we just growing on the momentum this year? Because I remember a little bit last year, and it's very much like the Curry start where it's like, hey, there's this guy in Davidson. Nobody's ever going to care about Davidson as a basketball program, but there's a guy. He's doing stuff. He's not like a lot of other guys. He's undersized, and, and you just got to go watch him. Who knows what will happen from here, but you just got to go watch him. And it starts off like that, and then you go watch him, and then they start winning, and then they start getting farther into the tournament, and then you know the next thing you know, he's the biggest basketball player in the world. He's changed basketball altogether. I'm not saying she's going to do that, but there's some momentum here, and there's a skill set with a player that could really put on – you know, a show for everybody for the next year here. And so I, 
I'm kind of more fascinated on where this goes next year. I, I there's a lot of bulletin board material. I'll tell you that she's if she's probably already had plenty, but there's some more that was recently added, and I think she's gonna let everyone hear about it next year. I can't wait to just see her come out and just forty points every night, just kill everyone. So I'll, I'll have I'll keep the radar on that. I'm, I'm not again. I'm still not a huge fan of college basketball. I'm, I'm so much more of a professional NBA guy than than any of this, but. This has certainly got my attention because she's a really good player and she's fun to watch. There's two things that go hand in hand: fun to watch, really good, great. That's 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 all. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, you you want to be entertained. This is this is the entertainment business. Yeah. All right. Speaking of the business part of all of this, we did do the bracket. We already announced the bet between Zach and I had already been settled, and Zach did win, and that I lost again, and I will have to proceed with the consequences of doing the beer mile. Now, that just wrapped up the bet between us. Uh, we had to wait until the championship game to find out who was going to win the podcast bracket because it wasn't going to be Zach or I. It was going to be someone else that had filled it out. And the winner was Forrest Height. Forrest Height had UConn winning. Forrest came back from 13th place going into the Final Four. It was the only one that had UConn winning and thus just ju- leapfrogged pretty much everyone in the last Ran two. Ran away with it. Leapfrogged over everyone in the last bit here. Just, Just... And if, the thing is, if he loses, if UConn doesn't win the championship, I think he lost, and he would have finished second, and it would have been someone else. But congratulations to him. He did get his gift certificate already, and his T-shirt is on the way. It should arrive Tuesday. But thank you for everyone who entered and shared and, and, and filled out your bracket. I think there was at least one person that didn't fill it out. That's actually pretty good for us. There's normally more more zeros or uh, just you know didn't didn't participate sort of things, but uh, thank you for everyone that did it. I, I can't wait to grow it even more next year. We had to hit the reset button on our list from last year. Uh, hopefully, I'm able to figure that out this year. We we had probably close to over 150 people prior to all of this twice now. Before the pandemic, we had probably over 200 people entered. And then we weren't able to follow up with that. And then we weren't able to renew the, the bracket because there wasn't a bracket that year. And this year, I don't know what happened. We had an existing group that all the emails disappeared. So we, we started fresh. So thank you for everyone that, that truly signed up because you were legitimately our listeners at this point. Uh, one last bit about Forrest. Uh, Forrest had me send the, the T-shirt to Alabama. So we are, we're, we're, we're stretching the, the listeners here. We're, 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 we're country strong, man. We're worldwide almost. This is, this is certainly... <laughs> certainly a- I'm trying to figure out how a guy from Alabama didn't pick Alabama and picked UConn. It must be from this area and, and lives down there now. Or you know what? Who knows? This could have been just a like how did like you asked me how I how I picked Miami in the final four. I said, Well, what do you think is not gonna happen? I said, I don't think Miami's gonna go to the final four. So I put Miami in the final four, and then maybe it was just something as silly as that. It was like, what do you think is not gonna happen? I don't think UConn's gonna go all the way. But to have him winning though is the crazy part as a four seed. To put somebody like that or, or take some chances, I think it's safe to put him in the final four, but I think championship wise, your odds are just so much better of picking at least a higher seed. Just knowing this is the so odds many options. Uh, it, yeah, you're just, but you know what? This is how you end up winning the bracket on a funky year like this, where everybody does exactly yeah. what we just said. And we lost because we did that. And the guy that had the balls to pick something out of the dark like this and say, UConn's going all the way, he's going home with the money. So congratulations to that. I don't know if you want to add anything to all this, but uh, we've been doing it since 2015. Uh, other than a pandemic year, it's, it's going pretty strong. Yeah, I'm hoping to uh, increase the uh, the amount of people doing it again next year. Uh, thanks again to, uh, to to my dad for putting in a little extra juice in the in, in the pot to uh, you know just kind of sweeten it a little bit. And you know, Forrest is the one that uh, that that lucked out. 
and I, I intend to uh, win next year and go back to uh, my reign of dominance. Reign of dominance. You you won by one pick. We're still calling it a win, though, right? It, it doesn't matter if it was by 101. I I think that's how uh, how winning works. Yeah, well, almost lo- almost winning is, is is definitely a, a high on my resume here. There's there's a lot of almost wins. This uh, maybe I should start keep stop keeping track of those. Uh, speaking of almost wins, the NBA Scott, what do we got? Seven games left, roughly, give or take, depending on how. Oh, many... way way less. Or seven days left. Yeah, it's like three games left. Three games, seven days. I I wrote this down. I just read the numbers wrong. Uh, anyways, the Lakers making some noise here. They're at the seven seed right now. They're tied for the six seed. They have the tie. They, they, they don't have the tiebreaker against the Clippers. I think what's more intriguing is that they are only a half game back of the Warriors at the five seed. I don't know who's going to end up at the five seed, but they are going to get rewarded with the Suns round one with, I assume, a healthy, the healthiest you're ever going to see Chris Paul and the healthiest you're going to see Kevin Durant in the playoffs. I, are you expecting anyone to kind of try to drop out of that five there, and then the Lakers may just end up being stuck at five when the Warriors and Clippers just fall below them? Or or we're just trying to win every game we can because we don't want to be in the playing game? But we, if, like, I what, think what, you gotta you got to try to win every game you can to try to get in. Uh, you were talking about the tiebreaker. The Clippers and Lakers are playing uh, the late game tonight, so that might kind of just settle that r- right, right there. But – I don't know if you uh, you know remember all the way back to last year, there was a lot of concern about a former Kevin Durant team. I don't know if you remember because you know it's a while ago. He played for the Brooklyn Nets and he came back healthy, and the whole team you know was uh, out of nowhere coming healthy. And some uh, there was a certain team in the East that decided they were scared to play the Nets, and so they did a little you know trickery at the end. And then you know what happened? The Celtics played them, swept them, get the broom out. Not a concern. Are we are we sure that once the playoff starts that there won't be a repeat? So you're saying the Lakers, Clippers, or Warriors would sweep the Suns in the first round this year? I'm not saying it's automatic, but I think that maybe you shouldn't be so concerned about going against them. Man, it's funny because last week I came in saying I don't think Memphis is going to get out of the first round. Sacramento I don't feel super great about. I do think that they at least have a hell of a punch on offense. The Suns, they have Durant, and they have Booker. The two things you're going to have to deal with that I think could be consistent in the playoffs, they don't have necessarily the – I mean, you just mentioned the sweep are, right are now. You not, are you not doing the same thing that we would have done last year of, well, you know, they, they got Durant, and now he's healthy, and they, they you know, they got Kyrie Irving, and they they have Ben Simmons, and you're just you're, – you're listing names that everybody knows, but I just don't know if you list the names that people know that, that for sure is just that they're, like, too scary to to face. Well, I don't think the playoff woes of Kevin Durant are in comparison to someone like James Harden, who's you know collapsed in the playoffs before or just doesn't play as consistently in the playoffs. I, I don't know if Durant necessarily has that on him. He does have a pretty rough track record, and I, I think, unfortunately, I, you know, I'm bailing out a lot of his track record on just playing with some really difficult guys and, and not playing with the, the easiest teammates and those guys struggling with him. I, I, I do think it's it's fair to knock the, the lack of success, and the Warriors thing just eliminates way too much, and he gets too much credit for all. But at the end of the day, he's a really good player that I think most teams would want on their team. I think almost every team would want on their team. It's, they could have traded for him. I think that that's another thing to think about right now, is that now you may play against him, and any of these teams probably could have traded for him or at least made an effort towards it. I don't know. I think I like the Suns more than I like 
Memphis, and I think I like the Suns more than I like Sacramento. I could totally see the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers making some noise here. I still kind of have a little bit of love for Minnesota. They're just Minnesota's just a weird team. It's kind of like the team that plays zone, and you just don't know what to do against them. And it's just like I, well, there's two giants out here, and then you know Nas Reed comes in, and then the, the Edwards is 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 streaky, and Conley's playing better. I I just I wouldn't want I wouldn't be excited to play them either. I think that's a really tough first round matchup. I think it'll be a tough playing game for anybody. I, but I'm much more concerned about Memphis and Sacramento than I am about Phoenix. So I guess that's really what I'm saying. Are you are you worried about the the Clippers or the Warriors right now, or because one of these guys is going to drop it is going to get in, and one of these guys is going to drop out. One of them is going to be the playing of these three: the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers. Is there is there one you're leaning towards for more ending up in the seven seed? I I think it's going to be the Lakers just because I think because the Clipper uh, it's, it's it's silly a little silly to say because like the Clippers are at home but like they play in the same spot. But I think the Clippers will beat the Lakers uh, tonight, and I think that will just give them enough enough distance. And I, I think it's going to be the Lakers having to play in the playing game. I think the Lakers are going to win tonight, actually. I do not think the Lakers are. I oh. think Westbrook is going to try to win the game for them tonight, and that's going to do the normal thing it does for Westbrook when he tries that. They, you, you, did see the, you did see the Lakers. Uh, the Jazz took the Lakers to overtime last night, and because of that, uh, AD played 41 minutes, and now he's questionable tonight. I did see that, and I did see that the Jazz ended it on a 10-0 run to send it into overtime, and that AD had three and like, or and four. In like the final like minute 30. AD had three or four chances to put the game away. LeBron had at least two. And then in overtime, they didn't even really take care of business in overtime either. I think that they was even more They barely won. It, it, it was kind of like they hit a lucky three, and then Kelly would come down and bank in a three, and they'd be like, all right, he's going to do this again? And then he did it again. And I, I just think the Lakers will be a little bit more laser-focused after well, that. Don't, you know, don't uh, naysay Kelly Olynyk too much. That man won a game seven. Has Anthony Davis ever won a game seven? I believe he's won a NBA championship. Has Kelly Olynyk done that? Those are two different two different questions. I are, are ask they, me a question with my question. They're they're accolades of the playoffs. One of one of which is what you need to get to the other one. And you're saying one guy did this, the other guy didn't do that. <laughs> you have to win games to get to the finals. Sorry, he didn't take game seven stuff, but you know, great for Kelly, but. I mean, that's not like a resume-worthy thing. It, 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 the rings are the resume stuff. We, we're playing to do that. We're not, we're not playing to just get that one game on your resume. It, it's great Oh, actually, that, yeah, that, that reminds me, too. The Kelly Olenek Game 7 was in front of fans, real fans. So, yeah, mark that down on your notes. Hey, as somebody who's going to be essentially on house watch for the next four weeks here, Maybe you'll understand that it's not necessarily easy to be trapped in a home or in a bubble. I think there are certain setbacks and challenges oh, for no. that as well. Oh, no, I have to play in an empty gym. How will I ever focus with no one yelling at me? Well, I also think that some of the guys they were playing against were playing as the best basketball they could because of the lack of distraction. And that you could argue that it was a harder championship because there was a higher skill set. The guys played fantastic in the bubble. I, look. I'm just I'm not I'm not here to defend the Lakers. I I think they're on to something. Sure sure sounds like you are. Sure I, sounds like you just said the bubble championship was the hardest one. I didn't say it was the hardest ha one. Having to play in front of video fans. That's the hardest. That's what you're saying. Look, you're saying Kelly Olynyk game 7 to whatever round is, is more important than the championship that AD won. Like it's still 
not I even didn't close. say more important. I said you were just trying to, you know, throw Kelly Olynyk under the bus, and I just said, whoa, hold on a sec. That man, not, and I'm saying he was on a team that won a game seven. He won the game seven. That's cool. That, that's great. We almost, we almost won the championship, right? We, we almost did. It's like me with my almost wins. It's, it's great. Your almost wins, yeah. You got those all hanging, hanging in the, in the apartment. All right. Well, the the West is all a mess. I feel like I spent last podcast telling everyone that the, the West just isn't good, and that's kind of why I'm I'm falling more in love with the Lakers right now because I think everyone else sucks and that, that they suck too, and that they may they'll have a chance because of it. They could easily be out of the playoffs in in a week and and losing the playing game first round, not even not even get in. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. I I could see that happening, especially the AD thing right now. The, the ankle grab for like ten minutes and then he still plays in the game and then. Last night, I feel like he looked tired at the end of the game because maybe he's not in the greatest shape from not playing every night all the time. It, this feels very similar to the, the the Joel Embiid situation where it was a gift and a curse. It was like we have him on the floor, and then he gets hurt. But if he's on the floor less, he's out of shape. It, but he needs to get on the floor to get in shape. And it's just an endless cycle where it just doesn't work. Uh, but we'll see. On the east side, though, we do at least have one playoff matchup already locked in, right? We got the four or five. I don't think anyone's yep. moving from there. And this nope. is great. I, if anything, this is exactly the matchup I wanted. I think this is going to be super entertaining. It's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the New York Knicks. Congratulations on both of them for making the playoffs. I, I'm not sure if everyone thought those were the seedings that they were going to finish with. I, I certainly didn't. But, you know, shout out to them. I, I'm not sure I, I'm really ready to make a pick out of all this, but it is an exciting matchup. Donovan Mitchell versus Jalen Brunson and Randall. I, I, I think this will be exciting. It'll be fun in the garden. Mitchell right now, you said, has a bit of a hot streak right now. What, what What's his scoring average? Uh, in the last four games, he scored 40 points. I feel like that hasn't really been uh, talked about enough. It's, it's a lot of points. It's it's something – I mean, how many guys on the Knicks do you think could do 40 points four games in a row? None of them? I mean, you say it, it's just like, oh, who on the Knicks could do it? But I think the – Four games of 40 points in a row. I think only three other guys have done it. So it's like, who else in the NBA could do it? Not just who on the Knicks could do it. Well, I mean, Caitlin Clark did it. pretty impressive. Who did it? Did, did Caitlin Clark do it? I, I'm just, I'm throwing out stats just aimlessly no, now. <laughs> no, no, she, she just did it twice. Well, you know, she is just a college player. It's, it's not... <laughs> Uh, it's it's impressive. It's gonna it's gonna be exciting. But I've seen I've seen Mitchell score a ton of points before. I've seen him score a ton of points in the playoffs. This is very much of like, all right. So he has some Kelly Olynyk games. Let's 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 get to the next one. Let's let's get over there. I'm not even entirely sure they're gonna beat the Knicks right now. I think these are arguably the two best defensive teams, and they're matched up perfectly against each other in the East here. It's and then you're going to have Mitchell trying to score a whole lot of points. You're going to have Brunson and Randall trying to control everything on the Knicks end. I think it'll be an interesting game. I would be shocked if this ends up turning into a rock fight. If Mitchell locks up a little bit or if he has some off nights, you're going to see some really low-scoring games here. Uh, that's my anticipation. Are you going to pick a winner out of this, or do you want to save some picks for maybe next week? Uh, let's save a picks for, for next week once we have uh, the, the full uh, the full playoff picture, and we can we can do a little preview. All right, outside of the playoff picture, I think we need to do a little little Celtics update here. I, I spend way too much time talking about the Lakers. I, 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 I killed you with all that. But here here we are. We can talk about the Celtics' most recent loss, of which we get owned by Joel Embiid, who goes off for a ton of points last night. Luckily, That's what you're calling it? What did you call it? 
we played without Jalen Brown at their building, and Embiid had to go for 50-plus points for them to barely beat us. We've owned them all year. We've owned them for years now. They... Okay, you guys, you guys beat us uh, at the beginning of April. I, I, I'm not afraid to play them in the playoffs at all. I don't know if we're going to even have the opportunity to play them in the playoffs. Depending on where this Miami seed falls, man, I'm still hoping that Miami sneaks in to get to six seed here and they just fall and line up with the Sixers because I think that'll give them more of a mess than, than they're asking. The Nets, the Nets are the Nets. I think there's some streaky shooters on there too. There's nothing but heat checks. Bridges is playing great. I I, I don't like the playoff matchup of, of him having to guard somebody and someone having to guard him, but um, we'll see what Miami does. I, I The Sixers... When Embiid's doing this, though, I mean, what's the, there's a there's no list of guys that you could just say go stop Embiid from doing that. I, I think that's we, the more feel. We were messing around with them last night. We had Cornette guarding him for a little bit. We're not going to do that in the playoffs, and we've just seen it before. We let him get all of his points in the first and second quarter, and then the third it slows down. He starts taking threes, and then the fourth he's absolutely gassed, and we we race past him. Yeah. No. I, all right. Yeah. That sounds that sounds great. I don't think we're going to see him in the in the playoffs. I don't think we're going to see him. I think they're gonna get bounced. Do you think we're gonna lose in the first round? No, th- I think that I think they are. I'm just. I, oh, okay. I, I'm not making picks yet. You know, I'm just. I'm just saying. I. I don't think they, gotcha. they, they, they're gonna have some trouble. And I don't think that they're gonna face the Celtics in a in a later round. Uh. uh last week, uh, you know, in, in between since the last talked, uh, the, the Celtics lose to the Wizards just unexplicably, and then the next game, blow out on prime time the Bucks by. 40 points. Like, what? what is happening? It, 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 it doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm ready to move on from Missoula. I'm done. I'm over. I don't even care what happens this year. Like, he's basically going to have to win the championship for me to be changed by anything. I I think we're we're leaving points on the board. I think we need it. I think we need someone to come kick everyone in the ass again. Like, hey, come on, tighten up. Let's do this. There not, games- no, this is not, this is not Joe Missoula's fault. He is a rookie coach. We have we are not like a, a super young team anymore. These guys are on their uh, third contracts where you're making a ton of money. This cannot be you need an adult in the room to you know, tell you how to win or you need veterans. It's like, no, you guys are the veterans now. You can't if, – if you aren't able to get up for these games, that, that's on you. That's a problem. Oh, well, we got a problem. I don't, th- I, don't think you, I don't think you can blame Joe for that. You can blame him for – uh, you know, not calling the timeouts for out of bounds plays, so, you know, lineup changes, you know, uh, rotations. That I- I'm fine with. I- I'll hear that out. But the this is this is professional. This isn't college. We just talked a whole bunch about college, and you play twice a week, and your coach has got to get you all riled up for it and ready to go. And the and the pros, you got to play three, four times a week. You have to get yourself motivated. Well, we got a problem then, because last year this wasn't a problem with him with with the other coach there. The freaking Ime, who just is honestly selfish in his own right that, that he's put himself in that situation and even more put us in this situation. It's amazing we're even as successful as we are. And I'm not really trying to take a whole lot away from Joe. I just think a little bit more polish for product right now would be the best thing for the Celtics. I, I think we're 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 really close. Roster wise, we're there. I, I just there are there are teams that need certain coaches to take them certain places. We've seen that happen before. I'm not saying fire him and bring in some old guy next year, but I'm saying he needs to do something different than what he's been doing, or he needs to learn this lesson quickly. I understand the first year stuff. It's not easy. And maybe he's doing everything he can. Maybe he's doing everything I'm saying, and it's just not working. 
And that's a problem because there are games where we look like we're the best team in the league and there are games where we lose to the worst team in the league like the Wizards. And it's, it makes no sense. It happened in back-to-back nights with the exact, almost the exact same roster. I, I'm, I, I think we were hoping for this light switch to turn on and maybe it will in the first round. But I'm telling you in the later rounds, I'm worried about I'm worried about Missoula. I'm concerned. I don't love the rotation. I don't love all the, the decisions he always makes with it. And some of it screwed him though with with the injuries, where it was like, yeah, well, we're supposed to have this set up for Al to only play this much, and then Al takes nights off, and then it's supposed to be swapped with Rob, and then Rob gets hurt, and then you know they went up playing Cornette and Blake, and those defensively, of course, that's a liability. Like we're not expecting those guys to go out and shut down and bead, but. I think there's there's ways to use them that would be a little bit easier rather than just saying we don't have another choice. Let's just roll, throw the guy out there. I, I, I wish there was a little bit more strategy with that kind of stuff. And I, I don't really have a solution for it either, but I think other guys might, and they might try something a little bit differently or, or at least get the team to respond like the way they did last year. Like, we saw it. It happened last year. That's the evidence. But look how the look how the season started. We were, like, the greatest offense the basketball has ever seen. Yeah, I think that was still from – from email yelling at him all, all summer league and all, all all the preseason all, all summer and then that's it's just already leaned off because i don't think they're getting yelled at anymore i, I we just play soft sometimes it's that simple uh, i don't know i think dallas is gonna make the, the playoffs the, playoff, the playoffs are starting in less than two weeks so it, it's gonna be no messing around time you think Dallas is gonna make the playoffs? It doesn't look good. They're half game out. I just don't know if the Thunder want to be in the playoffs or not. That's true. It might not even be up to Dallas. They they may just get yeah, if, if the Thunder do that. I want to see Shea in a in a playing game and just try to do it. And he might do it, and it'd be great. I, I want to see that. I'd much rather see that. The concerning part for Dallas, if you are them is that you did the Kyrie trade and yes, there's been some injuries and there have been some games where one of them played or they didn't play together or, or who knows what's going on between both of them just as is, but they, they may not get in. And then you're going to be in the situation where Kyrie's a free agent and you're either going to be the team that gave up everything for him. And then he walks away for nothing or the team that is now stuck with him. And this might be your future. If this is just what a couple months has been like, that is far more terrifying to me. Do you think they're going to really make it a push to resign him? Do you kind of have to? Like this is kind of have to. But because you just gave up assets halfway through the year, and so you is this the honey trap though? Where you're almost better off just not doing it. I know it sounds crazy. You get nothing out of it, but do you really want to tie yourself down to this? Like you took the one thing about doing this trade is it was only for this year, and you're not tied down long term. You get out of it. But you get nothing out of I mean, it, that, though. That might be the smart move as, like, the sunk cost, but you are going to get absolutely hammered in the media. And the only way I think you salvage it is if Luca makes a comment or there's some sort of leak that Luca hated playing with Kyrie and was threatening to leave. It was going to be, hey, it's, it's either Kyrie or me. And that's why the Mavericks didn't, didn't re- re-sign him. I, I feel bad. I, I do feel bad for Luca. I... <laughs> I I don't know. That's saying it's entirely Kyrie's fault, but the the other guys, even beyond just Kyrie, this isn't this isn't great. We could we could do a lot better for Luca. I look around at the roster, some of these other teams. I look at teams that are even like like the Bulls as ten seed. There's a ton of guys on that team. 
they, they may not play all consistent every night, but even like their injury report on the Bulls, I think it's better than some of the guys these guys are playing with. I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's not great. It's not the roster I would have built, built around it. It's a shame to waste a prime year of Luka. I think that's the biggest loss if you don't get in this year. Even if you get in and lose, you at least had a chance. You have one of the best players in the league. You got to get in the playoffs. It's a huge red flag if you don't get in. Especially and, now uh, with a play-in game. Yeah, it's ten. It's like how 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 are you? And I, I think people would think like you consider like Luca one of the, one of the top guys in the league. But usually, you figure if you got a top guy in the league, it doesn't matter who you put around him. You're at least making the the, the playoffs and the playing game for sure. Red flags, red flags all over the place. Uh, it's not the exciting thing to talk about, but you, I anticipate Jason Kidd will probably not be the or whatever coaching situation they have there i'm not even sure that that'll be lasting much longer even even if they do get in this this isn't working right now uh so i, I i'm worried about that i think that's just is there almost some strategy though where they get to keep the pick if they don't get in because they gave up a pick right i think it has something to do with it being top 10 protected i still don't like it even if you get to keep the pick it's you have luca you have one of the best players every team in the league would be dying to have a player like that it it like rolls over to next year and so it like i don't think it's like a huge advantage all right well speaking of weird drama let's transition into the nfl here where we have so many quote-unquote traded quarterbacks that are have not been traded. Uh, the Lamar thing is ongoing. It sounds like he is readily available uh, from the status that I have I've heard of recent. It sounds like uh, this is a for sure trade coming. I'm, I is it weird that it hasn't happened yet, or were we waiting for the draft? Like it sounds like that's that's what I'm hearing, and I don't know if it's smart to wait. Like if you're Baltimore, don't you want to kind of get kind of this over with before, so you could use those picks this year. And if you're all the other teams, I understand why you want to do it after. But if you're Baltimore, it's like you have the prize here. You have you have the quarterback everyone wants. Just if you want to make the deal, I say I want to make the deal before the draft. I, I'm not... I think Baltimore thinks that they they could still get him. Uh, I already heard Baltimore talking stuff about uh, we're we're expecting to draft a quarterback th- th- this draft now. It's like yeah, that that's how we're gonna play this. Like sure, sure, go ahead, yeah. go, go draft somebody and say that like yeah, don't worry, we gave up Lamar Jackson because we didn't want to pay him. But we have this guy now. Yeah, go, go, your fans are gonna love that, right? Go, go fill those shoes. I dare you. That's that's not even slightly threatening, if you're asking me. I, if anything, I'm more shocked that nobody in the league has just said, you know what? I don't care. I have a chance to go get Lamar Jackson. I'm giving up everything and just selling selling it all to get him and paying him all the rest. And and this is what we're doing. But you got to find the right team. I, I don't think that's truly out there. Like, is there? Have you heard a rumor about any team that you're like, you know, that makes sense that they, they could afford this and it'd be okay for Baltimore and Lamar might actually be successful and happy there. It's very similar to uh, the, the Aaron Rodgers potential deal. I haven't heard any update since last week. Like all, all, all the same things that we said last week. I don't know anything that's different now than what we said uh, a week ago. Yeah, well, just keep that on going. That I just it's it's bizarre. It sounds like something. Well, why, why do you think that it's bizarre? Where it's it's the off season. What like what what's the point of doing anything quickly? Like, well, if you think you have like a team where you could make a deal, why would you just like jump and say like immediately? Oh, let's go. It's like why wouldn't you then go to the other thirty teams and go? Hey, this is uh what we have on the table right now. 
are you interested? We, you know, could you beat it? I think the only reason I would personally be urgent with it is that this isn't. This has been an ongoing negotiation for a long enough period right now. All right, everything that's been said is, has already been said. There's nothing new that is going to come out over here and push anything in one direction or another. If anything, it's going to be someone just coming to terms with something that's already been said and just accepting it. We're, we're past that point now that it seems that, that, that nothing new is going to come out of this. No new negotiations are coming and that the bridge isn't necessarily burned, but I would be trying to prioritize getting a quarterback because right now you're not in a situation with, with Lamar coming back and you don't have a quarterback for the next season. That's the only reason I would be wanting, wanting to push this a little bit more. This is a critical position. I don't know if you know this, but the quarterback's probably the most important position in football. So saying that like, we're just going to dilly-dally with a guy that we might just trade at the end of the day and then draft and then reschedule our entire season at a at a point to be named in the future, like that just seems too too unorganized for me. I, like, I'm not jumping on the first deal to trade Lamar, but I am entertaining them, and I'm, and I'm recognizing that I'd rather just get this over with now and move forward with whatever it is. The only reason you hold on to this and you stall this longer is if you think there's an actual chance of you holding on to him. I'm not getting that feeling that that chance is, is here anymore. So I'm ready to move on then, or at least I'm, 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 I wonder if there's a lot more personal things going on and there's a little more of a, I would prefer this all burns to the ground than have him play somewhere else. And just, uh, all right, you were under contract. We are not going to trade you. If you don't want to play, go stay at home and, we we won't have to face you. Well, that is certainly one of the situations where if you do go across all the teams and you do a little bit of math with some of the numbers and who's got some picks and stuff, one of the ironic, really like good trade destinations is Pittsburgh. But that they, they would that, they would burn. That's not gonna happen. They would literally burn the entire city down before they would trade Lamar Jackson to Pittsburgh. Right? Like, there's you imagine no- having to play against your Twi- uh, twice in his prime twice every year for what 10 15 years but in terms of teams that have some cap space that have some some assets and like they could actually if they just weren't in the division if they just wasn't the rival if it just wasn't them i think that that would be a deal that would be happy for both sides i I think lamar would love the opportunity to play for tomlin i think that'd be exciting but there's just no way this is going to happen like this would be they would they would kill the owner if they traded him to this. This would be worse than moving the team. It's like you moved the team, you gave him with the team. You just, I, I I can't imagine. That I happening. can't imagine that happening. But I, that that's that's the problem with this is finding somebody who's willing to pay the price for the trade, the price for the contract, and the price for whatever the professional relationship he has with Baltimore right now. Which, if you ask me, I wouldn't have had that many red flags about Lamar and just his negotiation stuff and you know is he a professional can you trust him and all this i wouldn't have had any issues with that at all but this is an issue now this is ongoing and he has every right to do this but this certainly doesn't compliment somebody i think as like a a good chemistry thing for the locker room or a good vibe for this or just even media attention you don't need to we don't need any of this like that roger stuff i don't why does he keep putting the spotlight on him like what does he want all this attention for like it's 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 weird to me. It, it it seems like there's something else going on, like you said, behind the scenes, that it's maybe just being so unappealing and unattractive that someone isn't willing to give up what they should give up to get Lamar Jackson. I just know in like six months though, we're all gonna be kicking ourselves. Be like, we could have had Lamar Jackson on your team. Like when he's awesome in week one for whatever team he's playing for, and every team that has a shitty quarterback or is like, I wish we could have just done better for the situation. It's like this guy was on the market. You could have done it. And I think this is a little safer bet than than Wilson or Rodgers or Brady or, or or whatever else. It's just going to be expensive. I don't know. And, and, and it's going to be expensive because he's really good. 
and he's young. And that, that that's kind of the whole thing is if he wasn't any of these things, it'd be a lot easier to get. It just, that's how, that's how, that's how this works. Hard things are hard to get. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if we're gonna see an end in sight, but I I would be I would be pushing this forward if I could before the draft. But maybe maybe you just get more options after. Just you know everything's already decided then, and then your 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 asset value evaluation's a little different because you see where they went on the draft, and maybe you had them different on the board, and the other team had them. Di- like it's just I think it's harder to make a deal after the draft. But I, I'm I'm not a GM. I'm I'm just a guy with a podcast right. once a week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a. I'm not I'm not Shams Sharnia or whatever for the, for the NBA who shared his screen on time today his cell phone screen on time I think it was 17 hours and then underneath it he said during the NBA trade le- deadline it's easily over 20 like easily over 20 like 21 22 hours 22 hours of screen on time it's two hours there's 24 hours a day man I've done some math I, I don't know if you knew this but it's two hours a day where you're just not on your phone and the other 24 where your phone screen is on and something's happening on it that's it's a lot. That's so much. That's 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 more that's more work than the once a week podcast that that, that we do here. Uh, but I guess on a, on a personal note here, uh, you wanna you wanna give everyone a little, little update on how you're doing? Sure. Yeah. I uh, like in October or November of uh, last year started to have uh, have have some hip pain, and it didn't seem like it was getting any better as I started to do. Uh, less and less working out and it was getting to the point where uh, even when I when I when I do the podcast I used to kind of have a, a setup where I'd kind of lean forward over kind of kind of a coffee table and it got to be where it's like that was not really possible and so you know I, I powered through you know for the people but you know I, I was podcasting you know through 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 pain you know that that was that was for everybody and uh, it, it was uh, get, get getting worse and then I was getting numbness and tingling in my legs and my feet. So you know, I went to the doctor and found out that I had a uh, benign tumor in my spine that was constricting my, my spinal cord. And that's why I was getting the, 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 the tingliness in, in, in my legs. So uh, it'll be tomorrow will be three weeks since I got uh, the tumor removed and a, a spine fusion. So that's why I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier that, uh, you know, be, uh, the good the good news for the podcast is I should be able to stay up much more frequently for the uh, for, for the late games as I, as I'm recovering and, uh, and and out of work for a little bit here. But I uh, I am doing much better. Uh, I would say that my walking ability now is like at the same level or maybe even better than it was in January of, of this year. So it's definitely better than I was in February and March. You you definitely saw me uh, like the week before I was getting the surgery. And uh, it, like the best way to describe it to people is like I was walking around like I was I was 90 years old. It seemed like it happened overnight of just real slow and had to focus on everything and any kind of change in in, in grade was was challenging. But uh, I'm doing all the all the things the doctor's telling me to do, and uh, a lot of it is just you know walking around, just kind of staying active. And I, I got a good uh, I got a good attitude about it, and I got a new setup for 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 the podcast right now. So. This is kind of, you know, my, my main job right now. So help me stay focused. Yeah. So Zach's going to be doing a podcast every night for the next 40 days. And if uh, you, you want to listen to thoughts with Zach, now, did you come up with a name yet? Did you, did you just be dead? <laughs> that, that, that's it. You, you nailed it right there. Thoughts with Zach. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it's not, not quite Twitter, but it's, it's like a verbal Twitter. 
with that with more than 140 characters you you, you yeah so it's, it's, it's a recorded uh conversation with with himself it's it's great I'd, I'd highly recommend it Th- thoughts with zach you, you can reach him out his twitter which is wicked z man 24 uh yeah i don't know i will say an update for our podcast on scheduling it's going to be wednesday for the next couple of weeks we we have a trip that we're we're going on together and we're not going to be able to do the the monday or tuesday so it'll be wednesday for the next couple of weeks and then we will likely shift back to to mondays again prior to the or after that and uh yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. Maybe, maybe we'll squeeze in an extra one here or there. I'm excited for playoff basketball. I felt very empty today realizing that the, the college tournament's over. It goes so quick. There's so many games so early, and the next thing you know, you're just waiting for one game to start. I have one beef on, god damn, could this game start any g- later? Like, shit, this was 9.35, I think it started to tip off, like... I just sound like the old man complaining about all this, but it's like, do we want people to watch this or do we not want people to watch this? <laughs> like, there's a reason they put other primetime stuff on at other hours. Like, there isn't a primetime slot at 9:30. I, I, I just, it, maybe it's just targeted for college kids. They don't, they don't, they wake up at 10 a.m. every day and stay up till who knows how long. Is is that it? Am I, am I just the old man at home now? I, the the only break that I'll give them is that there was legitimately a. West Coast team playing in the tournament where I feel like a lot of times there's not. So it's like, well, what are we doing here? So like, that's the only slight pass I could give them. But the the NBA like, got, got, did, doesn't never plays on the national championship day. But it's, it's like, if you're not starting the game until 920, why doesn't the NBA just have a bunch of uh, teams play at seven? Like a bunch of East Coast games where it, like you're competing against baseball, I guess. But... I think that's kind of two different fan bases. I mean, there's definitely there's a Venn diagram of, uh, you know, there's definitely some overlap, but I think there's a lot separated. So I, I, I don't know why I feel, I think the, uh, the the college football national championship starts an hour earlier than that. That seems like very doable. I, I thought it was bizarre. Uh, other thing I, I noticed over the weekend that I like, uh, I watched, so I watched the women's final four and I'm a huge NBA guy. Dude, I really like the quarters. I kind of like the 10-minute quarters. I'm, I don't like the 20-minute halves. It's really not that big of a deal, but it is kind of a big deal. Like, do, do you have a preference? I think it's that college, uh, the men's, I think they're the only ones that do halves. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think they should do it. I think they should do 10-minute quarters. I, I think the end of quarters are, are fun plays, too. You're, you're eliminating two buzzer beaters that, that, are, that are fun to have, as well as just strategy. I think it's... Make them think a little bit more. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I watch a ton of college basketball, so I'm all the way plugged in on this is how it works. And you have the uh, uh, the, the four timeouts a half that you know come at certain times, and you know I get I get the rhythm of it. But I can definitely see the the appeal of hey, everybody else does quarters, just do quarters, and like you said, it opens the opportunity for two more buzzer beaters, which are always fun and just really forces the teams to. Yeah, you have to ex- execute a little more. I, I also think the TV timeouts are weird in college because they just kind of take them as if they were quarters anyways. It's like the eight-minute mark and then like a 15-minute mark, and it's, it's like just do the 10-minute. It, it makes way more sense, and it feels like at the end of games they're, they're squeezing in more breaks because of it all. I, just, just something I noticed, and I was like, oh, women's, they, they got this right. Like, why? How is it still like this for men's? It's just something to notice. I don't know. It's just a tradition thing, but 
Everyone else is doing it. It, it just seems like something we could address and maybe make a change on. I, I don't know. Uh, anything else you want to add to the people out there? I'm just hoping the uh, the, the Celtics can kind of get, get get the groove going and uh, be ready for for the playoffs. And I am right there with you that especially now that college basketball is all the way over and we're just kind of limping to the finish line of the, the, the NBA regular season and it's really silly season with all sorts of guys playing you never heard of. of all right, let's get to playoff basketball where, all right, I know all the guys playing and, you know, you got the lineup every night of I want to watch all of these games. All right, we'll be back next Wednesday for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be doing some beer mile training in the meantime. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening and congratulations again to Forrest Height for winning the Little of Column A, Little of Column B, March Madness Bracket Challenge 2023. We'll be back. Little Column A, Little Column B.